This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission approved some big changes to official time for union representatives. Commissioners voted along party lines to cancel official time for union representatives to work on EEO complaints, including discrimination. Supporters of the rule say it'll bring more efficiency to agency operations. Critics say it upends years of federal labor precedent and comes at the 11th hour of the Trump administration. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now with more on the decision and what it might mean for federal employees. And Nicole, let's start with the decision itself. What precisely did they decide here? So the commission decided, to put it as simply as possible here, that ultimately union representatives would no longer be able to use official time through this EEO regulation to work on equal employment complaints. So unions currently have a few sources of official time. They can obviously bargain for it, you know, through the the process. But there's also, or there was, an EEOC regulation that allowed them official time if someone at their agency, a colleague perhaps, has a complaint, an EEO complaint specifically, wants to work on that complaint, the union representative could take official time, so could the employee, and they could, you know, work through the process together, basically. So EEOC, you know, proposed these changes almost a year ago now, in December 2019, and members of the public got a chance to comment for 60 days. There were apparently so many comments that they reopened the comment period. Uh, for another 60 days. And the commission says, you know, they've gotten thousands of comments on this. A majority of them were negative, And that's partly because it looks like unions had a letter writing campaign of sorts. And some of their members, you know, filled out a form that said, I oppose, you know, this, these changes here. So commissioners met over the phone, you know, late last week to approve the rule. It was a really a marathon uh, meeting that they had, and they did approve these rule changes along party lines. And we should point out that under federal rulemaking rules, the law enabling it, these are not plebiscites. Even if you get a million comments against and one for, you can still go ahead with that rule under the law. So just want to point that out to people, right or wrong. And Nicole, describe some of the debate they had with official time. Well, just to piggyback on what you said, Tom, you know, there was some concern from commissioners that they felt the final rule didn't reflect some of those negative comments. But Janet Dillon, she's the EEOC chair, and she says, you know, I read them and I determined that, you know, I think we're on the right track here and pretty much dismissed them, like you said. But in some of the debate, The comments on the proposed rule, some agencies did comment on this, and they said that it would help them more efficiently use staff time and resources. The Department of Veterans Affairs apparently submitted some comments and said that, you know, under current policy, it's kind of difficult to determine what staff it'll have available for mission work. I suppose because employees who are union representatives maybe spend a portion of their work hours on official time could be called in to work on some of these complaints. And so that poses some uncertainty for them. Again, Janet Dillon, she's the EEOC chair, and she explains a little bit more of that here. Because the EEOC's current regulation serves as a duplicate source for official time, agencies explained it made it difficult for them to plan the allocation of their workforce. Official time for union officials that was acquired through bargaining was often undercut by the same union officials claiming official time through EEOC regulations. 
This made it difficult for agencies to plan work schedules and fulfill their mission. That's Jana Dillon, the EEOC commissioner, essentially saying that giving union representatives the option of having two sources of official time, so you have official time through bargaining, but then you could also invoke these EEOC regulations and have official time uh, for specific discrimination complaints, that's the issue here. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, and tell us about the other commissioners. What did they say? So they say that there isn't concrete evidence that agencies are really struggling to plan out some of their staffing needs because of these, you know, duplicate official time uh, methods here. Charlotte Burroughs is one of those commissioners, and she was first appointed to the EEOC back in 2014 during the Obama administration. If approved, this ill-conceived rule will have the biggest negative impact on vulnerable workers who may not have resources to hire an attorney, who fear retaliation for participating in EEO activity, and who are the most likely to be subject to harassment. Harassment on all bases is consistently one of the most alleged claims in federal EEO complaints, and reducing access to union representation, particularly in the Me Too era, will only harm federal workers and have a chilling effect on complaint filing. That's Charlotte Burroughs, another EEOC commissioner. And basically what she's saying here is that if union representatives, she believes, aren't given the time, the official time, to help their colleagues, that the policy in essence limits their choices and who you know they might have to represent them before the agency. And I think what she's saying is that maybe it might have the impact of having these employees maybe needing to find a private attorney or something like that because the union officials aren't really available to help them as they they normally would have been. All right, so what happens next? The rule stands the way it's voted on? So for right now, it's adopted, but it's not really sure how exactly agencies are going to implement this, you know, because of the timing of this, right? So one thing is clear, this isn't an executive order. The incoming Biden administration can't repeal it on day one. If you wanted to make changes, it seems like they would have to go through the rulemaking process again, maybe Congress, maybe the courts. Jocelyn Samuels is another commissioner. She described this all, you know, as change in search of a problem. And she says she believes the new Congress would revisit this rule. And given her own concern, she says she'll support them and look for ways to limit, as she says, its detrimental impact today and into the future. Going back to Commissioner Burroughs, she had some even stronger words. I do not understand why we be doing this now, particularly given that its days are numbered. And yet we have had our dedicated career staff working every day, Christmas through New Year's and beyond, to create these proposals, to finalize them, to exhaust everyone, but it's not going to stick. There are, in the days when they created and considered and debated the 64 Act that created our agency, there was a right and a wrong side of history. And this proposal is on the wrong side of history. Well, wrong side of history. That sounds pretty dramatic. Sounds like this is not a dead issue at all then, or a settled issue, let's say. No, certainly not. I think these commissioners will bring it up again. And, you know, if they have any say, I think the new Congress will too. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Hey, hon. What you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.